Do you know, I'm going to tell you this, you got more power than the devil when you're, when you're walking in victory and when it seems like you're about to get whooped. No matter which one of those things is going on here, our, 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 um, our circumstances in life and our condition in life may change, but God's word always remains the same. Amen. God's word always remains the same. I'm looking forward to the, uh, uh, to the coming year because uh, starting next week, we're going to enter into this next year in revival. Praise God. And so starting next Sunday, we will be coming together for our annual fall, uh, or winter revival. And uh, Sunday, uh, joining us will be Pastor Ken Harris from Richmond, Indiana. He'll be arriving Saturday, and he'll be ministering on Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then also on a Monday night. Now, I'm, I may take one of those Sunday meetings. I haven't yet decided. I'm trying to figure that out yet. But anyhow, Pastor Harris will be preaching at least two of the meetings. I may preach one. But Sunday and Monday, Pastor uh, Harris will be with us. And then on Tuesday and Wednesday, a fellow by the name of Tom Scarella will be with us. And uh, I've known Tom Scarella for uh, a little while. I'm, I'm, I'm only just acquainted with him. I don't know him well. We're not like really great friends or nothing like that. But I'm acquainted with him. And I've, I've uh, been in his meetings and seen his ministry. And I'm trusting that uh, the Lord is going to use him when he comes to us to deposit some things in us. And then uh, on Thursday and Friday, Pastor Ben Aguirre from Queen City, Texas will be here to minister. And so Pastor Ben is an outstanding uh, brother, outstanding minister of the gospel, and a wonderful, wonderful friend. Uh, he's, uh, uh, we've known them probably longer than most people that we've known uh, as far as people in ministry. And um, he and Pastor Harris both are probably the longest relationships that we've had with other people that are in ministry. And so we're always excited uh, to have them come. But Pastor Ben will be here Thursday and Friday. He'll close out the meetings on Friday night unless we break out in revival. Uh, and if, I mean, if we break out in the kind of revival that we've had in other places, we may just keep going on and on and on and on. So, but we'll just, uh, we'll just let the Holy Spirit uh, do his work and lead us. So open up your hearts. You say, Pastor, what can we do? Here's what you can do. You can pray. Amen. Oh, yeah. You can spend about five or ten minutes a day praying specifically for, uh, for the revival services, praying for those that are coming uh, to speak to us. You know, uh, you say, Pastor, how do we pray? Here's how you pray. Lord, uh, let your hand rest on Pastor Harris. God, we know that you've anointed him for ministry. God, your word declares that uh, you set some in the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and you set Pastor Harris in the church to be a blessing to your church, and I'm the church, and so, Lord, you sent Pastor Harris to be a blessing in my life. Lord, you're going to speak your words through him, and the words that you speak through him are going to be light and life unto me. They're going to revolutionize my life because, Lord, he's going to be the very oracle of God. He's going to come, and he's going to speak as a representative of you, and so, Lord, I'm determined that I'm going to hear your voice through the preaching of the word that comes through Pastor Harris. That, that's how you pray. Amen. Uh, you're you're going to speak to me through Pastor Harris's preaching, through his ministry, through his teaching. Lord, if, uh, if you need to speak prophetically uh, through any of those fellas, Lord, I'm going to receive it. But your anointing, your, we, we desire that your anointing be manifested in the house, Lord, for this revival. And um, so I may, I may get online every day. Uh, I know Sister Carolyn 
gets on and she does intercessory prayer. But I may get online here over this next week and, uh, and uh, uh, get on there so we can pray together uh, for these revival services as we prepare for revival. But pray, pray for each of our guests that are coming. Uh, pray, that the, pray that uh, specifically for you, that the Lord will help you. And then pray for those that you know are part of this church and those that will come from other places. We have people coming from Michigan, from Ohio, uh, from Indiana. Uh, we've got people coming from Texas. We've got people from, that are coming from all over. And many of them are coming because they need a touch from God. They need a word from God. And God will use you. He'll use you uh, in your prayer life, in your prayers. Uh, some of you say, well, what if, we, what if we can't figure out how to pray? What if we exhaust everything that we know? That's what's wonderful about being baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. The Bible says that you can pray in the Spirit. Amen. And when you pray in the Spirit, your spirit prays. And uh, you know what your spirit will pray? The will of God. Amen. That God's spirit will pray through us God's will with groanings which cannot be uttered. You know, when you don't know what to pray, uh, just start praying in tongues. You know, your, your body's not going to want you to do that. Uh, the devil sure don't want you to do it. But if you'll do it anyhow, amen, uh, it'll work. Praise God. So uh, wonderful. That's, uh, that's definitely all that I really want to... Uh, emphasize here. And then in the morning services, we start morning services on Tuesday. Is that right? On Tuesday. And on Tuesday, we will meet from 1030. No, 10 to 1130. Thank you. From 10 to 1130, we will meet. Uh, they will, we're not going to have but one song. We'll have one worship song uh, one or one praise song. And um, then we're going to jump right into the word. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be talking specifically about supernatural increase in what God's word has to say about you and, uh, and uh, his blessing in your life financially. So that's all I'm going to talk about during that meeting. Here's the, here's the beauty of that. Those of you that get your drawers in a bunch over that, guess what? You don't have to come. Amen. Praise the Lord. But, but those of you that are hungry and thirsty for, for, to know what the word says about it, then you need to jump in. Now, that, that's why I love these morning Every time I've had morning sessions and we talked about supernatural increase, it has always been um, extraordinary because the people that come are people that really, really are hungry and really want to be there, and they'll make time in their schedule to be there because they really need to hear the, the word of the Lord in that area. Listen, you might think you know everything there is to know about the subject, but I'm here to tell you, you will discover some things in those meetings that you never that you've never d discovered before, you'll hear some things that you've never heard before. Not that you've never heard uh, the scriptures or whatever that may have be brought up, but the Spirit of God, He'll stir up revelation and understanding in you and help you uh, to uh, get over there uh, in a greater place in your finances. Praise God. So um, I believe that that's an extremely important part of, of what we need to uh, be about uh, making sure that we're uh, good stewards in the last days. Uh, because things are going to grow less and less friendly toward the church. Um, the world is going to be less and less friendly. Uh, the enemy is going to work harder and harder against us to try to keep us from uh, uh, walking in the fullness of the abundance of God's blessing and God's grace. And the enemy is really going to try to uh, stop us. And one of the ways, that, one of the main ways that the enemy has stopped the church in the past has been because we didn't understand that uh, God was our source. Amen. God was our source. 
you know, I, I was amazed. I shared a little bit last week just about um, how to survive until, or what caused increase not to come. What caused increase not to come. I was surprised at how many of you had questions for me, and I'm so glad that you asked those questions of me because there's, you, you have to understand that not everybody's in the same place. You know, the rich young ruler, Jesus told the rich young ruler when he said, Lord, what must I do that I may, may inherit eternal life? And he said to that rich young ruler, go sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and uh, come take up your cross and follow me. And the Bible says that that man went away grieved at the saying uh, because he had a lot of money. He had a lot of wealth. Well, you know, not, every, not everyone has to be dealt with in the same way that the rich young ruler was. Some of you read that story and you're like, I can't relate because I've never had so much that I relied on it. You know what I mean? So not all of us fall into the same category. You know, some of us, we want to say, yeah, Jesus said to the rich young ruler, yeah, but you ain't a rich young ruler. So you may not have the same battle, you know? So sometimes when we teach on this subject, we talk about things, but, you know, some people aren't going to relate to some of the things that I say because they're in a different place or they're in a different category or a different level of, uh, you know, different people earn different kinds of money and have to, you know, some people, um, I was just talking with, uh, I was just talking with Michael about this. I think last week we went to lunch uh, after church and, and uh, Michael was talking to me. He said, hey, I want to ask you about something you said because it was something concerning that. And, you know, Michael, there are times Michael has to make purchases, large purchases for tax purposes to, to, to lower his tax, you know, his, uh, his tax liabilities. And, there, you know, there are some people they don't have to do. You know, there's some people don't have to do that. <laughs> In fact, there's, there's, <laughs> there's some people they just get everything back. <laughs> it's like, y'all so broke, we're just going to send it all back to you. But then there's some people they got to find they got to find ways to to work you know things out and so they have to look at things from where they're at in life and so that's that's why we take the time y'all understand that I'm taking I'm taking a little bit of time today because I want to make sure that you understand these things if if we're really going to if we're really going to be everything that God wants us to be and we're going to do things the way God I know some of you are like well I just don't think that's important well you know. You want to figure it out before it becomes important. Just because you don't think it's relative to where you're at now doesn't mean that it's always going to be irrelevant. Are y'all hearing me? I mean, some of you ought to be expecting to go higher and to do more. Well, if you're expecting to go higher and to do more, then you're going to need to understand some of these principles. Amen. It's like, it's like people say, I believe God called me to preach, and then they never prepare a message. Then all of a sudden, an opportunity comes for them. Hey, I'll preach. I feel like the Lord called me to preach, and they never prepared. Well, guess what? When you don't prepare, uh, the Bible says that, uh, that Paul said to Timothy, he said, study to show yourself approved, a workman that needs not to be ashamed. Amen. Uh, when you don't prepare, you end up being ashamed because you're, you're not ready, and uh, everybody knows it. So you want to be ready. Turn to someone, tell them, get ready. Praise the Lord. All right. <laughs> Amen. We're going to take communion today. And, and um, <clears throat> um, 
We're going to take communion today. Before we do, I want you to go to a, a, a scripture, book of Isaiah, chapter 58. Book of Isaiah, chapter 58. <clears throat> Isaiah, chapter 58, uh, verse, let's start with verse 13. Isaiah chapter 58. Man, it's been a minute since we had night church. I can tell, boy. <laughs> I sure love y'all, man. <laughs> we got away from that night church, boy, everybody. Like. <laughs> it hadn't even been that long. Wasn't it a year? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Amen. Um, before, we start, before I start reading this to you, let me say this. And in, in I, I mentioned this last week. I really believe that God is drawing on the hearts of his people to press in, to press into his presence. You know, a lot of times we get together, and I've, I've been talking with my cousin, Ruben, Brother Ruben Villanueva. He pastors a church in Swanton, Ohio. He'll be here uh, this, next, uh, this next week. Uh, for or not this week here, but the following, you know, next week, uh, the week week of the first of the uh, January, but he, he'll be here for those. But the Lord, the Lord spoke to him and began to tell him about um, very similar things that he's been sharing with me and with many of you personally. How many of you have felt in your hearts like God is trying to draw you to a deeper relationship with Him? How many of you feel like God's trying to draw you deeper into His presence? Now you say, what do you mean feel like? Well, you know, sometimes that's the best way that we can describe what's going on in our hearts. And so we, I know we use that term very loosely and we don't, we're not, we don't walk by feelings, we walk by faith. But what I'm, what I'm talking about is I'm talking about that inward voice, that inward witness of the spirit. That's that sometimes, uh, uh, and, and I won't say still small voice, or, but it, sometimes it can be. Sometimes God can speak to us in a still small voice, wooing us into his presence, wooing us to a place of, of a greater dedication, a, a place of greater communion with him, of deeper fellowship, of greater intimacy with him. Glory to God. See, what you, what you, what, 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 a lot of times we don't put two and two together. You know, when God's looking for intimacy with his people. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Sometimes we get the idea that what God's trying to do is to get us out of sin. To get us out of sin and to get us away from sinful stuff and, and, and things of that nature. But what we, what, we don't, what we don't realize is that God's not looking for us to be more intimate with him because he's trying to get us out of sin. God's trying to be more intimate with us because there's something that he wants to deposit in our lives. There's something that he wants to release in us. You know, when Annie and I, when we decided we were going to... Uh, that we wanted to have children, and 
we, we, we had a prophecy. We had a word from God that we were going to have kids. I mean, everyone and their grandmother had prophesied to us that we were going to have. We knew it was the will of the Lord for us to have children going into our marriage. But after we got married, um, you know, there came a point in time where people began to say, ooh, I see kids. I see God's about to bless you with children. And I think we were, how old were we, Mama? Maybe 25. You know, we were 25. We'd already been married maybe five years. So we're about 25. And we, we sensed that in our hearts as well. Well, you, you know, Annie got pregnant and then she, she miscarried that first child. We'd have, we'd have a, a kid as old as Tyler if she hadn't miscarried that, that first baby. But she miscarried that first baby. And boy, I tell you, the enemy really tried to mess with us when, when we went through that, uh, that time really tried to mess with Annie. You know, it, uh, in case you fellas don't understand this, it affects, it affects your wife way more than it affects you. And um, it's very difficult for Annie to go through. And so, um, but we went through that time and, and people started encouraging us. God started encouraging us. He started giving us words, you know, telling us, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to give you children. I'm going to give you children. I'm going to give you babies. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Ooh, amen. <laughs> There's one uh, hollering right now. Hang up. Anyway, <clears throat> so we were fully persuaded that God wanted to do it. You know, God didn't have to tell us over and over and over again, but he did. In fact, God told us so much. Um, you know, we, we believed it, and it got to the point where we got annoyed because it's like, Lord, Quit telling us and let's, let's you know, we, we're ready to see this happen. We want to see this come to fruition. We want to see fulfilled what you said you wanted to do for us. And so there we were, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31. I mean, here we were six, six years later. And still no kids. Do you, know, do you know that when you have a promise from God that he wants to give you something oh, yeah. and you believe it and then six years later it still hadn't come to pass and God's still telling you he wants to get you something? It's not the same. God telling you six years later isn't the same as him telling you on day one. When God tells you something on day one, you're excited about it. When God is telling you the same thing seven years later, it's not joyful. It's not joyful. You don't hear the angels singing hallelujah in the background no more. You don't see a light shine. You don't feel a warm buzzing or a numb tingly. You don't feel the anointing. Are y'all hearing me today? I know it's good because some of you sitting in here and some of you looking at the, it's the end of the year and I'm already seeing people posting on Facebook how they've been beat up in 2022. <laughs> how this, how they're coming out. It's when, well, this really sucks, you know, da, 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 da. You know why? To me, it seemed like the devil's got an easy job because every time he wants to get you off of what God says, all he has to do is bring some trouble your way and he's got your full attention. Are you hearing me? What in the world has changed about the promise of God? You know what? Absolutely nothing had changed about what God said to us from the first day we heard it and the last time we heard it. God's word was still true on day one as it was seven years later. 
Now, some people are like, well, it doesn't have to be seven years. Listen, I don't know. Here's, here's my deal. If God said it, I believe it. Amen. If, God, if he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. Are y'all hearing me today? See, God's trying to draw us to an intimate place because it's in that intimate place that we remember that he is a God of his word. That he does what he said he will do. God has never spoken something and been unfaithful in completing it. Everything he has ever said, he has done it. He may not have done it the way you thought he ought to do it. He may not have done it in the time that you thought he ought to do it. He may not have done it in the manner that you thought he ought to do it. Are y'all hearing me today? He may not even have told you that he was going to do it in a way that was acceptable for you to hear. But see, God, God isn't wishy-washy like we are. God's not flakier than a two-crust pie. God is the same. In fact, we talk about this regular. You know, the Bible says uh, over there in Malachi, Behold, I am the Lord. I change not. Amen. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, God is forever established on his word. God is always going to be who he is. Amen. You know what? God is not freaking out over your... You know God wasn't wringing his hands about Annie's pregnancy or lack thereof. God wasn't, God wasn't looking over to Annie and going, oh man, this was harder than I thought. See, let me, let me tell you something. There's, I'm, I'm trying to c- compare and contrast some things here. So, <laughs> see, sometimes we don't realize that God is looking for intimacy because it takes intimacy to produce a promise. You know what I found out? You can have a word from God, but if you don't do what it takes to have kids, no kids are coming. (laughs) In fact, I learned that from a a pastor friend of mine. (laughs) I was preaching at her church in a revival, and I think we were in in year six of waiting, you know, believing, trusting that God was going to give us children. And we had broken out in a revival in Edgerton, Ohio. And the pastor of that church, her name was Rosine Short. And she, she said to me, she said, Brother Ziggy, I feel like the Lord is going to bless you and your wife with children. I said, amen. I said, sister, I'm believing it. I said, and bless God, we're trying. She says, well, you can't be trying too hard. I said, no, believe me, we are trying. She goes, Brother Ziggy, you do know how children are, are made, don't you? I said, well, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm 30, 31 years old. I think I, I think I know how babies are made. You know, I, she's like, well, she said, you said you were trying. She said, but how can you be trying when you're here? She said that you can't have kids. Listen to me, church. She said, you can't have kids over. You can't get your wife pregnant over the phone. She said, you can't get your wife pregnant through a letter or through, a ma- through the mail. 
She said, do I need to explain this to you? I'm like, you're making me very uncomfortable. I, I think we need to end this conversation, right? You understand what I'm saying? I think I know how this works. She said, let me just tell you one more thing. Faith without works You know what some of you doing right now at the end of 2022? You're working. Anybody working through something right now? Anybody navigating the waters? Hello. Do you know, you know what the devil, you know what the devil will always try to do? He'll always try to keep you out of that intimate place with God because he knows if you press into that intimate place, if you if he can keep, if he can keep you out of that intimate place, he can keep you from conceiving of the thing that God intended to deposit in your spirit and birth through your life in a coming season. I'm preaching. I'm preaching to every one of you. Listen, because that's that's how the enemy is. And you know, do you know when he works the hardest? Oh, dear God! Listen, I'm gonna tell you right now. We went uh, year six, year six. Now, listen, year one. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be weird. But year one, when it was time for us to start first trying to have kids, it was like, and he's like, let's try to have a baby. I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. There didn't have to be no roses, no dinner, no movie. You know, it didn't have to be nothing like that. It's like, just say the word. Say the word. Say the word. She's like, word. I'm like, I'm on it. Let's, I'm on it. Let's do this. Okay. She's like, we, they get it. Go on. Year two, you know, you're still, it's not a job. It's an adventure. You know what I'm saying? But when you get to year six, you get to year six and you go into a church and there's a prophet there and he says, you two come here. You know good and well what he's going to say. I mean, I was in a church one time, and this guy called us out. He said, you two, come here. I, I looked at Annie, and I, I whispered in her ear. I said, if I have to hear we're having a kid one more time, I'm going to strangle whoever tells us the word. Because I'm sick and tired of hearing about it. I'm ready for this to be done. In year, in year six, it's no longer an adventure. It's a job. You know, Annie's coming in. My temperature's right. I'm ovulating. We got to do this. I'm like, wait a minute. Can't we work into this? Can't there be some romance? Didn't you bring me some flowers? You didn't bring me, I mean, you didn't even bring me a jamba juice, nothing. I mean, you're just like, what am I to you? What are you? Come on now, you're, and the enemy, he'll try to mess with you. Anybody, anybody know what I'm saying? What am I to you? What is it? But here's the thing, without, without that intimate act, there was going to be no conception. Without that intimacy, there wasn't going to be nothing birthed. It was just going to be a dream. See, what you all need to realize is that you're getting closer and closer to the fulfillment of the dreams that God has put in your heart. In fact, you are so close that the enemy is in a panic trying to stop what God has started in you. Are you hearing me today? 
Glory to God. You know what? That, that, <laughs> there in the home stretch before Annie got pregnant finally, there in the home stretch, there, it wasn't, it wasn't, that whole, that whole intimate act, it, it wasn't any, it, there were, the fire and the passion and all that that went with it in the beginning, that was out the window, baby. It wasn't that. It was now, it was just, we got to do what we got to do. Think about Abraham when God gave him the promise of Isaac. I mean, the Bible says that he was old. Not only was he old, his wife was old. In fact, the Bible said that Abraham, in order to receive the fulfillment of the promise, he had to not consider his own body now dead, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. I mean, this pre-Viagra people. Abraham had no help. He wasn't getting no emails. You understand? There wasn't nothing on late night television for Abraham to be like, I think I'm going to call this number. No, the, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible said all Abraham had was the word of God. All he had was a promise from God. Listen, church, I, listen, I know that some of you, you feel like that you're in a, Again, now, now this isn't the first time because you've been here before, but once again, you find yourself in the greatest trial of your life. You find yourself facing the greatest battle that you've ever faced. You find yourself standing before the largest, strongest, loudest giant that you have ever stood before in your entire life. It may be financial. It may be physical. It may be spiritual. It may have to do with your family. It may have to do with your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, your wife, your husband, your church. I, I, don't, I don't care what the mountain is. Do you know God, God didn't give you the power to move mountains so that you could stay in the, in, on a, uh, so that you could inhabit and live and settle on a flat plain. He gave you mountain-moving faith and mountain-moving power so that when you pioneered forward to the fulfillment of his purpose in your life, you would know and could know that that mountain couldn't stand before you for long uh, without it having to move because of the word that God gave you. Boy, I'm preaching. Amen. And I'm not telling you to do anything I haven't done myself. That, that's, the, that's the thing is some people are like, well, you don't understand. No, you don't understand. I'm not talking out my neck. These are things that we faced in different areas. Of, of course, I'm just, I'm just talking about this part of it because I think it relates to what I feel like the Lord is trying to get across to us in this season. God's not calling you to an intimate place because he's trying to drag you out of your nonsense and out of your... God's, listen, God's not trying to deliver you from your sin and your struggle. That's not, that's, not his, that's not God's motive. God's trying to bring you to an intimate place so he can deposit something in you. That will cause you to conceive 
and give birth to the thing that the devil has been trying to stop from coming forth out of your life for your whole life. Amen. Here we are again. I know some of you are like, why do I have to go through? Why does it seem like every time I have to go? What did you, th- what ex- how exactly did you think this was going to go? Did you really think that the enemy was just going to step back and, and, make, and allow you to think that you were going to have the victory? Did you really think that the enemy wasn't going to put up a fight? That you wouldn't have to get in there and battle and struggle and believe that God was going to... Now, I'm, 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 I shouldn't say it that way. You know, the battle and the struggle really shouldn't be us uh, um, wringing at our hands and, and worrying and doubt. The, the, <laughs> the, str- the struggle that we, that, we, that we ought to be having is just getting, getting centered back on what God has said to us. So finally in year seven, finally in year seven, 32 years of age in the month of February, at 32 years of age in the month of February, Annie and I, well, Annie conceived. (laughs) I, I, I contributed, but Annie, Annie conceived. And she carried our daughter into the month of November and gave birth to her November the 8th in the year 2000. Do you know that first one was hard to get out? That first one was hard to see through to fruition. Uh, Michael, you know, labor even was long with Mikey. I can't see how that girl, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but anyway, she, it, it was, she was, uh, hours and hours seemed like. I mean, there was an election uh, that, that year. Um, they were counting chads that year. They couldn't figure out, you know, who had voted for who because people weren't poking all the way through the paper uh, in Florida to to figure out, you know. And so George W. Bush had not yet been um, confirmed as the president of the United States yet. There was still this chance that uh, the inventor of the Internet (laughs) and the source of the fairy tale of global warming... Uh, anyway, <laughs> but, but, but Annie finally gives birth to our, our firstborn, to Michael, to Michael Victoria. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you celebrate. Listen, when, you, when you've been through all that to have one, I look, I look at Hilden David. You know, they were, Amelia, Amelia was on their hip. Amelia was there. And there's people like, you ought to put her down. I, I, just, I just go to them and say, I wouldn't put her down. Heck, I never put Michael down. Michael, if, if she wasn't on Annie's hip, she was on my hip. People were like, oh, you're going to spoil her. I said, that's the point. Do you know what we've been through to get here? Do you know what we endured to get to this place? Do you know what we had to do to get? Amen. See, there, there, now, again, some of you say, that's not very healthy. We were looking for healthy. We were, we were, we were partying. 
It was party time. We were going to party like it was 1999 for the rest of her life. You know why? Because she was the fulfillment of a promise. She was something that evidently the doctors didn't think ought to happen. Nature didn't think that this ought to happen because nature wouldn't allow it to happen. But you know what? God gave us his word and God gave us his promise. And listen, his promise didn't stop with her birth. My God, it went through her whole life and now she's off. She's married. Of course, we spent time with her uh, today. God continues to bless us with the word that he gave us clear back when he told us he was going to give us kids. Now, the second one, the second one came different. I know this is going to sound crazy, but I can read and Gabby's not going to run here. I remember the day that Gabriel was conceived. I can tell you, I can tell you where it happened. I can tell you the circumstances. I know you don't want to hear it, but I can tell you the circumstances behind it. Listen, it was, it was a choice. You know what? It was, with him, we made a choice. Just tell him, babe, we made a choice. I'm not going to get into the details. She's nervous. See, once, once, you've, once you've gone through the battle, once you've gone through the... Are you all hearing this today? See, some of y'all are like, but see, yeah, I've been through the battle. Yeah, but some of y'all, you went into the battle and then you hit... You, 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 you waved the white flag and you ran the other direction. You went into the battle and because you faced an enemy that seemed like he would overcome you, you tucked tail and you ran the opposite way instead of pressing forward and moving in to your victory. Are y'all hearing me today? God, Listen, in this season, God's trying to move you into your victory. God's trying to move you into the, into the fulfillment and into the fruition of the vision and the dream that he put in your hearts. I haven't read my scripture yet, have I? I'm going to read it here in a second. Is this, is this hitting anyone in their spirit? Listen, I'm not trying to hit you in your mind. I'm prophesying over you all today. I'm speaking, I'm speaking to the seed that God placed within you. I'm speaking, I'm speaking to what God planted in some of you on the day that you were born again, on the day that you got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm speaking to that word that God planted deep within your spirit that your whole life the devil has tried to root that word out of you, tried to choke that word out of you, and tried to kill that word and keep it from coming to pass. My God, there ought to be such a spirit of rejoicing around here. You know why? Because, listen, some of you all, some of you all ought to be backslidden and in a bar tonight. Are y'all hearing me today? And listen, even if some of you all were backslidden and in a bar, you wouldn't be happy. You'd be thinking about what we're doing right here, right now. Amen. And you, and you always will be your whole life. You know why? Because God's word never fails. God's word is going to stay in you. I'm about to throw a shoe. I'm going to throw a shoe at myself. <laughs> Don says, you can use mine, Pastor. <laughs> Amen. When you've gone, th listen, when you've gone through, when you've gone through what some of you have gone through, some of you don't see the value. Some of you see it like it's a curse. Are you kidding 
You have the privilege of standing before giants that threaten the very forward movement and forward progress, not only of your life, but of the kingdom of God that's in you. And God has given you the authority and the power to take that giant. Amen. And some of us haven't discovered yet how we're going to take him. Listen, I don't care, I don't care if you know how. All you've got to be fully persuaded of is that you're going to take that giant. Are y'all hearing me today? You don't have to know how. Some of you are trying to figure. Like you could ever figure out how to do anything. Heck, we thought we had it figured out. We Googled it. (laughs) Some of y'all can relate. But once you've been through that, and you were drawn into that intimate place with God, the next time, I mean, David and Hilda could could give testimony to this. I know Jack wasn't. Amelia, it was a battle. Even in her birth. 27 weeks on a walk in the morning. Contractions coming. 27 weeks. It was supposed to be 40, 40, 40 weeks. This is early. This is early. To have fought the battle. To get pregnant. You know, what does that look? We've seen people walk through this here, church. Now, I'm not just talking about having kids. Y'all, know, y'all understand what I'm saying? We've seen people walk through this. We, I watched Tilda order a dress for a wedding, believing she would be pregnant. Then people, then people that were selling her the dress are like, uh, why are you getting this dress? She said, because I'm going to be pregnant by then. Well, you sure you won't do that? I mean, you, yeah, amen. Well, guess what? You know, it turned out, She wasn't, you know, in the natural, she hadn't yet conceived. She didn't have a belly in the natural. In fact, that wedding, she had to stick her belly. No, she didn't. (laughs) This wasn't something she did in private. This was something she did in public. Some of y'all are so afraid of what people might think about you. You're so afraid of how it's going to look. What are people going to say? You really care that much? Because if you care that much, you're going to keep finding yourself in this same place all the time. No, man, that played out in front of everybody. You know, I'm not sure whether Hilda concerned herself with the whispers that uh, that might be going around of her. Oh, did you hear you? She thought she was going to be she got it, yeah. And she got this dress, and now look at her. Now she got it. I don't think she did. But then when finally she, she conceives, when the pregnancy test is positive, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, then that's when you think you've won the battle. I killed the giant. You know, they killed the giant, but they still had to chop its head off. Because at 27 weeks, that giant looked like it was still twitching. Google didn't have nothing good to say about it. WebMD didn't have nothing good to say about it. Doctors, nurses, everybody they ran into didn't have nothing good to say about it. Amen. You ought to ask them about Jack, how that went. Again, fighting giants. <clears throat> but then conception. Then 27 weeks. Again. After two miscarriages. You know what? I didn't get a nervous phone call that time. In fact, when I talked to David, Dave's like, yep, gonna have baby. It wasn't the same David that called me and said, Pastor, I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know what's happening right now, man. They're gonna do it. Do you, you hear anything? Is there anything we, we need to pray? I mean, there was concern in his voice. I rolled into a, into a hospital room that first time, and David had tears in his eyes. Hilda was upside down praying in the Holy Ghost. They were trying to keep the baby in. They had her in the bed, bed tilted up. But the second time we rolled in there, it's like, you hungry? Yeah, man, you guys, I'll take something. You, you go, Panera, Panera, I'll take something. Panera. It's a whole different environment. No fear. No wondering, no nothing like that. It's like, hey, it was, we've been here. We've been in this place before. Some of you been here before. Oh, yeah. How, let me ask you a question. How many of you... Be, how many of you have been where you're at right now before? Even if you haven't, you have a word from God. Any, anyhow, I've prolonged this. I've, I've gone long, longer than what I wanted to. But hopefully for, for, for the right purpose. <clears throat> We're not talking about God not moving our mountain. God wants to move those mountains. But we definitely don't want to waste the experience that we're going through. We definitely want to learn something from it. Isaiah 50, what was it? 58 what? He's drawing us in because... <laughs> He's drawing us in because he wants to make a deposit in us that's going to bring forth a conception and a birth. So I want you to see this because I think it's an interesting verse. Reuben read it to me. Uh, uh, was it this morning or no, yesterday? It was yesterday. Look what it says. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, 
nor speaking thine own words. Next verse. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. You know what? God don't want you doing this thing your way. God don't want you working this out your way. Go back to that verse again, 13. If, if thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day. That, you know what God is saying? He don't want us coming here doing things that are pleasurable to us. That are, for, that are only for our delight. Our way, you know, church, a lot, a lot of what has happened in the body of Christ, in the body of Christ, uh, uh, in, our, in our nation, is that Sundays have become a day where, we, where the church comes together to do what blesses and benefits them. You know, some of you have never been in a church where, you know, there are people that have actually never been in a church where they had to sit this long and hear someone preach as long as I preach today. There, there are people that that's a foreign thing to them, that they've never done. They've never been in church longer than 20 minutes here in preaching. In fact, they've never been in church. They've never been in a church service longer than 40 minutes. The whole, the whole from, from going from the car, the parking lot, into the coffee shop, getting a cookie, a coffee, then going and sitting in service, and then going right back out. And, and have police direct them out, you know, because there's so many that are involved in that. Some have never come and said, I'm not here for what it does for me. I'm here for what this does for him. I'm not here for myself. I'm here for him. Some of you, the struggle that you're having is that you're uncomfortable. You know, God is a God of peace. Peace and comfortable are two different things. You can be uncomfortable and still have peace. Some of us are looking for him to be the God that makes us comfortable. <laughs> and that's not always where he leads us. It's to the comfortable place. You got to get out of bed earlier to come here and to do things for his pleasure and for his love. You know what? Worship. The whole worship and praising. Some, some people are like, well, you know, I don't really like the music. That would be great if it was for you. I mean, we would put a, we would put a suggestion box out there in the foyer and let you write down, you know. In fact, we might just automate it. While the worship team is up there, you could go to the back, push F8. And they start breaking all my exes live in Texas. <laughs> but see, that's, but that's, <clears throat> that's almost how things have been 
done in our generation. Everything has been done. That, that's how people are growing churches now. They're growing churches by giving people what they want. And when you give everybody what they want, we, they almost never have what God desires for them to have. But if you'll turn your foot away from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on God's holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the, the, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shalt honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Church, this is not a negative thing that God is asking us for. He's not asking us for something that's negative. He just, he just, wants, he just wants your undivided attention. He wants you entertaining his presence. You know what the theme of this revival is going to be? Enter, entertaining the presence of the Lord. I didn't think we'd have a theme, but I'm breaking one out right now. And I'm about to send it to our speakers tomorrow. They're, they're going to learn tomorrow that we have a theme. Entertaining the presence of the Lord. Not, not entertaining Andrew. Not entertaining Brendan. Not entertaining Titus. <laughs> he just wanted to make it on the recording. Not entertaining Titus. <laughs> entertaining the presence of the Lord. What we don't realize is that when we entertain the presence of the Lord, we conceive. And after we conceive, listen, yeah, there's the chance of miscarriage. If we turn back to our own pleasure and our own ways, you can certainly miscarry and mess up. and, and, And some of us know, I've been there, I've done that. But if you'll see it through to completion, you'll be prepared. You'll be prepared in the season that's coming for anything that the enemy might try to throw at you. Amen. One more time in the next verse. And if if someone will prepare the elements for our communion, then if if you'll do that, then you'll delight yourself in the Lord and I will cause you to ride upon the high places. Say high places. Say it again. Say it again. In other words, he'll keep you out of the valley and he'll put you on the mountaintop. He'll keep you out of the valley and he'll put you on the mountain. Listen, I'm going to tell you something, church. I don't know. I don't know how the Lord does it. Sometimes I don't understand why he does it, but it doesn't matter. All that matters is that he does it. And he will take you from mountaintop to mountaintop. And he says, and feed feed thee with the heritage of Jacob, thy father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Amen. What a great word. How many of you received this today? Let him draw you in. Well, Seth, I see the presence of God around you. There are many of you here today that the Holy Spirit, thank you, 
that the Holy Spirit, he's, he's working with you to draw you into his presence. You know, on Wednesday nights, we've been talking about the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit. And in our talking about that, we, for those of you that weren't here this past Wednesday, we, we had a pizza shindig. I, I ordered pizza for everyone, and we sat around at a big table up here, and we, uh, we opened up the word a little bit. I opened it up for questions, for people to ask questions of, um, about some of the things I'd been talking about, and we had a great time here Wednesday, and uh, it wasn't announced. It wasn't something that we announced we were going to do. In fact, Shelby came in, and she was in a panic. She's like, why didn't somebody tell me I would have put this on the, I would have put this on social media, but I was like, well, we didn't, we didn't tell everybody because we thought if you snooze, you lose. But anyway, <clears throat> that's why you should come. Uh, you never know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we, I, it was my hope that everybody would be here. But um, we, didn't, we didn't announce it because we wanted it to be a time where Annie and I, we just wanted to, uh, to be a blessing uh, to y'all for Christmas. And, um, and we wanted to take and, and have a time of, of uh, being able to just talk uh, all of us together one-on-one -on -one like we did, ask questions and things of that nature. <clears throat> but in talking about those gifts and ministries of the, in talking about those things, one of the things that I've said to our folks and, and to all of y'all that have been there on Wednesday nights is this, Don asked a great question out of the book that we've been that we've read about, you know, Benny Hinn's book on the anointing. And in that book, Benny Hinn said, he talked about the three different anointings, the anointing within or the abiding anointing, the anointing upon or the empowering anointing, and the anointing of dominion, the dominion anointing. And <clears throat> so we know the anointing in is for all of us for our walk. And the anointing upon is what happens in Holy Ghost baptism. The anointing comes on. But then Don said, you know, he read the book, and in the book, Benny Hinn said this, it's reserved for those who are dedicated in service to the Lord. Those who are in service to God, those that, you know, that anointing upon is not, I mean, it's, it's offered to everyone, but not everybody, not every, everybody exploits the power of that anointing. And Don felt like that Benny Hinn and I, and it really did kind of, he, I can see how Don thought it might lean this way, but Don said, does that mean that the anointing upon, that anointing, that empowering anointing is just reserved for those who are, are in um, ministry? Because it seems like that's what he's saying. And, and I, 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 I reassured Don, number one, you don't have to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher to have the anointing come upon you. But if you're not going to, if you're not going to provide any service, Go ahead, then there's no reason for their, if God's not going to get you out of your rocking chair, why would he anoint you with an empowering anointing? And see, some of us were like, well, I'm, I'm waiting on that anointing. No, that anointing's waiting on you. That anointing. Some of you, 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 you're, you, you think, you, you're like, I don't know why the Lord's got me in park. The Lord don't have you in park. 
The Lord's trying to get you to turn back to doing things his way. See, when you offer yourself in service to the Lord in that intimate place, God will provide opportunity of ministry. He'll anoint you. He'll anoint you. He'll raise you up and he'll anoint you and empower you with an anointing to minister to others, healing, deliverance, all kinds of things. But if he knows he's never going to get you out of your armchair, you don't need, you don't need an anointing to be at home. You don't need an empowering anointing to wash the dishes. I believe God's anointed me to worship. Well, guess what? If you won't worship, it'll never manifest. <clears throat> but that's why God draws us to that intimate place. Because it's in that intimate place that we discover. We, di we discover that when, we'll, when we serve the Lord and when we offer ourselves in service unto God, then he raises us up out of the valleys. And he sets us in the high places and causes us to live in victory regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what's going on in our lives, regardless of the mistakes that we make. Church, do you really think that, do you really think that we, you really think that I live that holy of a life? I do, listen, I'm not out... <laughs> Let me reassure you, I, I'm not spending my evenings at the uh, dispensary <laughs> or at what's that place where all the strip clubs are, Valley Brook. I answered before you, Ted, because I didn't want you to look bad. But anyway, <laughs> Ted always the one that helps me remember. <laughs> and that's only because you preached your first message in Valley Brook, didn't you, Ted? Valley Brook Baptist Church, right? Ted preaches very, very, he got up there and they said, there's a Baptist church, they said, we heard, they could hear you all the way down the street. Ted was preaching to them Baptist, he said, I want to be so full of the Holy Ghost that when a mosquito bites me, it's, it, it's, it, uh, it flies away singing, there's power in the blood. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that I live a sinful life, you understand? But... It's not because of holiness alone or being clean and living clean. It's not because of that that God does these things. You know why it is? It's because of intimacy. It's only through intimacy that you'll live clean. You're not going to live clean because you decide you're going to live clean. You couldn't, you, couldn't say, you couldn't say no to that last piece of pie you ate before church. Only way, only, only victory we're going to have over pie is in the presence of God. Amen. I'm, I'm speaking to myself right now. <laughs> I'm speaking to myself. <laughs> Amen. Well, let's take communion. We <clears throat> communion is a way, and maybe this year, maybe this year you can do this with your families, Gil, with your family, and some of you men that are here today. Lewis, he's good. He's all right. I know he's getting. I know he's getting low. It's okay. Now you do whatever you got to do. But yeah, it's it's cool, man. You're all right. 
He's like, Pastor, you're taking too long. You usually <laughs> let me go to the back. <laughs> yeah, that hair, man, I love it. <clears throat> I was looking at pictures of him when he was a baby today. We, we went through our pictures. We saw some pictures. And Ayla was the one that paid. I said, who's this baby? I said, this ain't one of ours, is it? <laughs> I, I, I turned it to Ayla. Ayla goes, Emery. It was. It was Emery. <laughs> a little old face. But anyway, communion is a way that we, uh, how do I say, intentionally. When you, when, you, when you take the cup and you take the bread, you are intentionally determining to have, to have intimate fellowship with the Lord in the partaking. What you're doing is you're remembering what he did for you. You're purposing to get this done. And you're remembering the things that he did in, when his body was broken and when his blood was shed. So here's what you can count on when you're, when you're doing this. The Bible says that his body was broken for your healing. For, for, he was broken physically to touch you physically. Well, you know, one day I'm going to preach on the seven sheddings of the blood of Jesus. Uh, in amazing message, maybe, maybe Easter time. And then his blood was shed to forgive you of all of your sins, right. not to cover. You know, in the Old Testament, when they sacrificed animals, those people's sins were only covered by the blood of those animals. Your, your sins haven't been covered. Your sins have been washed away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the blood that he shed was more powerful than the blood that was shed by animals. And so today, as we consecrate ourselves for this coming week of revival, as we determine that we're going to get into an intimate place with God, I want you all to come here this next week. We're going to take this communion, but I want you to come here this next week, and I want you to come here determined that you're going to get in the presence of God, and no matter what that looks like, no matter what it means, some of you may get so wrecked you may not be able to get out of the parking lot. Listen, we're not going to leave you out there for the homeless to mess with you. <laughs> People, what if I get molested by homeless? But no, we're not going to let anybody do that. We'll throw, you in the, we'll throw you in the back of somebody's pickup truck and haul you to the house. We're not going to do that to you. You, you, have to, you have to understand that this is a safe place for you to get in the presence of God. Right. When, listen, if, if Lewis and Nikki get, get caught up in the presence of God, they're up here. They're not going to wake up with their kids jumping up and down on their bellies. Right. We're going to take care of them. Amen. See, some people, some people are like, I'm drawing a line right there. I take care of the tallies. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to take care of them. We're going to make sure that we, make an op we, 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 we create an opportunity for people to get in the... Listen, we're not going to let... We're not going to let... Camilla ain't going to be going walking down Northwest Expressway. We're not going to... No, no. <laughs> Some she might try to do, but we're not going to let it happen. But this, this communion here, I want it to be a symbol of our consecration to what God... Church, I feel so strong in my spirit. 
that God is about to do some extraordinary things. And I, you say, Pastor, you say that all the time, and it happens all the time. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And God does it for us regular. So uh, as, we, as we partake of this communion, let's remember what he did for us. Let's get out that bread. You know, when Jesus was with his disciples, he told them, he said, this is my body. It was broken for you. He said, as oftentimes as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Remember what I did. So don't just take it and not remember what he did. He, he was broken so you wouldn't have to be broken. He died so you could live. Right. He suffered so that you wouldn't have to suffer. Every damnable thing that you would ever have to endure, he endured yeah. so you wouldn't have to go through it. Amen. Now, some of you say, well, what am I going through? I'm going through it. Listen, I'm telling you right now. He, he, he did what he did so you could go through this and make it through to the other side unscathed. So, amen. So let's, if you want to, you can break it. I always break mine. But let's take the bread and let's do this in remembrance of him. Lord, we thank you. And we take this bread knowing that your body was broken for us. That by your stripes, Jesus, we were healed. That you bore our sicknesses and you carried our diseases. Lord, I command healing into Melody's body in the name of Jesus. What we just, what we just took right now, Lord, is in remembrance of what you did for her in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, I thank you that that which has tried to hang on to her is turning loose of her right now. Lord, I thank you that Lynn is being freed right now from every bit, every symptom, every bit of what she's battled with. And everybody else that's in there. Listen, if you've had trouble in your physical body, I want you to reach up and grab your healing right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for it, Lord. Now let's, let's take the cup and let's drink. Lord, this is what you said was your blood shed for us. We're drinking this in remembrance of you. Come on, let's drink. <clears throat> Lord, we receive the forgiveness of every sin, the washing away of every iniquity because of your shed blood. We receive it today, Lord. We thank you for what you've done. Lord, we do this in remembrance of you. Lord, not only in the communion, but God, as we go forward in our lives this week, we're going forward knowing that you've given us the victory. Lord, that you have already caused us to triumph. That no weapon formed against us will prosper. That every tongue that rises to speak against us is going to fail in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you for the privilege that we have to be called your children and to be a part of your family. Lord, help us. Help us, Lord, to come to that place where we, where we come together and we gather, Lord, not for our pleasure, but for yours. Not not for our desires, Lord, but for your desires. Lord, we know, that, we know that your word says you'll fulfill the desires of our heart. 
And we'll receive that. But Lord, as we gather, may we gather, Lord, for your pleasure and for your glory. To do what you will and to do what you desire in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Draw us close, closer to you than we've ever been before. And reveal yourself to us, oh God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. Come on, stand up with me and let's give him one more big praise. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. Come on, Gabe. <clears throat> thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> All right, praise God. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Come on, lift your hands and thank him just for one second. I, I promise I'm not going to keep you much longer. I know I told you to be short. I thought it would be. <clears throat> thank you, Lord. 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 Come on, can I get the singers to come up here? Come up here, singers. Let's do Christ as my firm foundation. Thank you, Lord. Christ is my firm foundation. He's the rock on which I stand. Glory to God. <clears throat> Praise God. Some, some of you here, you say, Pastor, you know, you preached on people going through. Man, I'm happier than I've ever been before. Everything's coming up roses for me. Listen, rejoice. Thank God. You know, not every message is for every person every week. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Sometimes I come to church and I'm like, well, that wasn't for me, but whoever needed it, praise God. And then sometimes, man, sometimes there's times where every word that's spoken is for everybody in the building. And you're like, my God, that preacher's in my mailbox. He's been coming by the house listening in, you know. <laughs> uh, Every now and again, one of you will pop your head in my office and say, that was for me. <laughs> that was for me, Pastor. That was for me. Let's always, let's always remember the life that we live. We don't live for ourselves anymore. But the life we live, we live for him. 
That's what the Bible tells us. It's no longer me that lives, but it's Christ living in me. Hallelujah. Thank God he's good. Yes. Amen. Thank God he's good. Thank God. Come on, sing that, will you, Nikki? Praise God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus, for being our firm foundation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken. I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So our he fell now, he won't. Uh, Hallelujah. That's right. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. I've still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength. Cause I've built my life on Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful through every season. So why would he fail now? He won't. Hallelujah. Yes. Let's celebrate. He, he won't. won't. He will never fail us. Hallelujah. He won't fail. He won't fail. Christ is my firm foundation. Hallelujah. Amen. The rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken. I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? He won't. Hallelujah. We praise your mighty name. You will never fail. He won't. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. He won't fail. He won't fail. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. It doesn't matter what comes through. Hallelujah. We stand firm on your Amen. word. We stand firm in the yes. authority that we have and the blood that was shed on the cross. Hallelujah. In the name, hallelujah, of Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. We celebrate you. We magnify yes. your name. Hallelujah. 
We declare your word with the fruit of our lips. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We stand on your word. Hallelujah. We stand on the rock. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Rain came. Hallelujah. Rain came when blue my house was built on you. I'm saved. I'm saved with you. I'm gonna make it through. Rain came when blue my house was built on you. I'm saved with you. Your voices rain came hallelujah rain came wind blew my house was built on you i'm safe with you i'm gonna make it through i'm gonna make it hallelujah i'm gonna make it through Cause my house was built on you And I'm gonna make it through Cause I'm standing strong Christ is my firm foundation Christ is my firm foundation The rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken, I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful to generations. So How many of you know he won't fail? Praise God. Real quickly, put your hand on the person next to you. God, we thank you. Touch each person today, Lord. We agree in faith with our brothers, with our sisters. God, we know that you've got great things in store in the coming year for each one. Lord, we're grateful. We're grateful for this past year. God, there's not one thing. There's not one thing. There's not one thing, God, that we faced that was too big for you. We're here. We're here and we're victorious. And we will go into the coming year not only, Lord, uh, rejoicing in our victory, but God leading others into the same victory that you've given to us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for my brothers. I thank you for my sisters, Lord. I thank you for the family that we have here at Winner's Church. God bless every one of them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, as we go tonight from this wonderful Christmas service, we say thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the price that he paid. 
Thank you, Lord, for sending him to shed his blood for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, we couldn't thank you enough. Lord, we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Go with your people as they go out of here today, Father. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, I love you all with all my heart.